When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Today is Monday, December 30th, and this is Celtics Beat on the CLNS Media Network, the leading online provider of audio-video coverage of the Boston Celtics. I'm Adam Kaufman. Episode 347 featuring the Boston Herald C's beat writer Mark Murphy is brought to you by BetOnline.ag. Go to BetOnline.ag and use the promo code CLNS50 for a 50% bonus on your next deposit. Well, welcome into another Monday edition of Celtics Beat. Hope everyone had a great weekend. Hope you had a great holiday for that matter. New Year's right around the corner, and I hope you're not moping too much about the Patriots today like I am and so many of us are. Kaufman back with you here after what was a 2-1 week for the Seas. They split a home-and-home home with the Raptors. Each road team won and also beat the Cavaliers in between at the Garden. Jalen Brown, a couple of great games, including a career-high 34 against the Cavs. So let's start right there as we welcome in longtime Boston Herald writer mark murphy good friend of the program murph how's it going good adam how you doing doing real well i can't believe that it's almost 2020 by the way that's just insane to me i know i know end of a decade pets are god knows where they're going <laughs> yeah exactly that's a good that's probably no better way to put that yeah I feel like we probably, I don't necessarily have it planned. We probably should be doing those whole, you know, year-end, decade-end tribute-type shows, looking back on all that happened with the Seas over the course of the last 10 years. I guess I could have done that. I'm not. We're going to live a lot more in the moment. And uh, Jalen Brown, like I said, is where I want to begin, because he has really been a, okay. a, a revelation, someone who was 13 years old when this decade began. He is, uh, <laughs> you know, he, he signed his new deal, as we know, going back to the offseason. We've spoken plenty about that. He is averaging right now through 27 games 20 and a half points seven rebounds two and a half assists a little better than a steal 52 percent shooting from the field 40 percent from three and 75 percent from the line now the only reason that i highlight all of those numbers is because they are all career highs and many of them on an upward tick at that and i'll remind people the extension has not even kicked in yet. So for all the people that were bitching and moaning about him getting that kind of money and Danny Ainge not waiting for restricted and free agency and all of that and seeing what would happen, looks like Ainge got a bargain because he probably would have been maxed out by somebody as one of the premier free agents come this summer. So that didn't happen. He's here. That's all well and good. Brown turned 23, still a kid, just a couple of months ago, said his best years are still ahead of him. Just more experience you get. The more you see the game, you know, the more you understand the game, the better you are. So as you get that time um, and that experience, the timing in the game kind of slows down for you. So um, I see the game different than I did two years ago. And hopefully two years from now, I see it different than I see it today. So it's a continuing process. I, I'm, I still got a long way to grow. A long way to go. I'm 23. I got some of my best years ahead of me. So I just got to continue to get better. Murph, you watch Jalen day in, day out. You talk to him all the time. Do you agree that, you know, we're just starting to scratch the surface of his potential? Yeah, and the thing that struck me about that comment is how he talks about the game slowing down for him. I mean, Mm -hmm. my biggest criticism of him over his first few years was that 
you know, he had great moves, had great bursts to the rim, but he couldn't finish. Well, now he is finishing at a ridiculously good rate, at least I think so, um, in addition to the three-point shooting. he He's also passing better. He's a better playmaker. And, you know, that all points to him just seeing the floor much better. But uh, I thought that last season, and everybody talks about how he, Tatum, they all took a step back in their development. I thought Jalen was the one who came out of that the best. I thought Mm -hmm. that over the last month, he really was starting to figure it out again. Um, He, he knew he could, he knew he had to do better. He sort of admitted that, but you know, now you're seeing a great product out there. And I think USA basketball helped him too. You know, not to be lost in all the the things that you said that are obviously all true, but he can dribble now. You know, it's 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 right. sort of crazy to say that about a a guy who's in the NBA, but that was a a significant weakness to his game. And I have no idea if he spent a lot of time really devoting his attention to just ball handling over the course of this off season and his time in the USA camp. But it's a clear difference when you watch him out on the floor, the way that he is handling the ball up and down the floor, the way that he is threading the needle at times, splitting between defenders, the way that he's just going from hand to hand, whether he's going between his legs or around his back, whatever he's doing. It has a lot more natural feel with the ball than it did in past years where he was turning the ball over like crazy. And don't get me wrong, the turnovers are still a problem, but not necessarily to the degree that they were before. And I don't base that purely in stats, but just to the eye test. You know, he's he's doing things that he wasn't doing before. Yeah, and one thing that sort of works along those lines as well is, you know, the one thing we haven't talked about is his improvement defensively. Mm -hmm. He he has a chance to be an elite defender. I'm not sure he's quite there yet. But now when he makes a play in that end, it, it, it triggers an instant break. I mean, he is so quick down the floor. They're a great team in transition right now when he and Tatum are making plays like that. Tatum's another one who obviously has improved defensively. What do you think Jalen Brown's potential is? It's a conversation that we've been having for years, and, and you know, I, I feel like it, it changes for people all the time, especially in light of, and I don't know what's true and what isn't, but rumored packages that Jalen Brown could have been involved in in recent years. You know, the Spurs one comes to mind where Danny Ainge didn't necessarily want to part with him and sending him to San Antonio when Kawhi Leonard was available. And there were a lot of people, and I'm on that list, that said in a perfect world, you know, Jalen Brown can can be a Kawhi Leonard, not necessarily at that level, but he can he can have that kind of impact as as a two-way player in this league. And, and hey, sky's the limit because if you look at his totals year to year versus where he is right now and where Kawhi Leonard was at 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 this point in the league before he really took off the numbers are not only comparable they actually favor Jalen Brown where do you think his potential is well I think I you know he's he's only getting better I mean he's he's young I think that you know where his ceiling is really high is what he can become as a two-way player I mean I'll go back to his defense uh when Smart was off the floor, he was the guy who had to basically be on the ball, just be into the toughest scorer on the other team. And I thought he did a pretty good job of it. He, you know, I don't want to compare anybody to Kawhi Leonard. I mean, you know, that's that's a tough comparison. For yeah, anybody, we're talking about I, one of the best players in the league, of course. Yeah, that is the best player 
really. I mean, mm-hmm. when you go back a year or so, but I think Jalen in his own right is going to be a terrific player. He's at like, you know, you read off his stats. He's, he's averaging over 20 points a game. He's, uh, you know, he's, he's a high percentage finisher. He, you know, and just his every, every aspect of his game is improved. So I, I think that, you know, I mean, I, I think he's definitely headed for all-star territory. What does stand out? Well, we're going to get to that in a second, but what does stand out to you as something that he still needs to work on as, as you're watching him game to game? It's probably the turnovers, you know? Um, and the other thing is defensively as good as he is on the ball, the, and you know, the Celtics went through this with Avery Bradley. I'll never forget when Ron Adams came aboard for his one year with Brad, mm-hmm. he, you know, he, one aside he had one day was, you know, well, I've heard about what a great defender Avery Bradley is, but he doesn't defend off the ball. He's only an on-the-ball defender, and that's how Avery grew. Well, I think the same thing's true of Jalen. I mean, you know, guys who are great on-the-ball defenders very often fall asleep on the weak side. Um, and I think Jalen has a little of that. You know, you you give up back cuts, you give up that kind of thing. It's that's all part of becoming a complete player, and I think that's probably where he can improve. Now, you bring up the All-Star conversation, and, of course, voting is open now. People can get involved, and, and that's only been that way for a, a matter of days. Brown was chatting recently with NBC Sports Boston's Chris Forsberg, was asked if he is in line to become an All-Star this season. I'm not really paying attention to it. I mean, we got a lot of season left, and I'm just trying to continue to get better. Obviously, it'll be a blessing. It'll be extremely, you know, dope to like even be mentioned in the conversation but to be honest I still think I can be a lot better and I still think I the best is yet to come for me this season so Mark Brown Jason Tatum Kemba Walker these are three C's realistically vying for all-star spots do you think all three will make it I think there's a chance I think there's a pretty good chance of it I mean the east is kind of hard to track right now there's a lot of teams that are sort of sort of floating in that middle ground. But I think for where they are, I mean, with record-wise, I think, sure, I think there is a chance that all three will make it. Well, and you have to consider, too, the possibility of injury replacements and things like that. I mean, like Kyrie Irving right. will probably get voted in as an all-star just based on reputation, not because he deserves it. And I say that not, you know, the stats are great. And, and it's not a, a spiteful comment either. I know people think I have an axe to grind with Kyrie Irving, and maybe I do. But mm-hmm. it just, you know, purely right. games played. He's played in 11 games. He doesn't deserve to be an all-star. But, no. again, reputation, no. he'll probably be there unless, of course, he doesn't play. Maybe somebody steps in. But that's the problem with the voting system. Right. You know, it's- uh, in any league, by the way, you know, and and and, the, and I saw apologies if I don't know exactly what this is, but I mean, I saw something a league ad. I mean, encouraging people to vote twice. Yeah, I don't know. You you may be right. It, I, I I'm sure it, there's. It's you know, I, I I had a problem with them opening it up to China the way they did and so forth. Mm-hmm. I mean, you know, that's all brand recognition and everything else. It's not really. I I just have a problem with the whole all-star system. I know they want to make it fun for the fans. Yeah, I mean, truthfully, fans shouldn't even have a say. And that's not, you know, I I love the fans. I am a fan. But, you know, if, if we're going to do it right and putting the guys that deserve to be there, it should be determined by coaches, by peers. And, you know, that's mm-hmm. that's just, the, you know, like you do with 
league awards at the end of the year. You know, it's not like fans should yeah. have a say on who the MVP is of of the season, that type of thing. Yeah, and, you know, it's uh, – I know we're, you know, in this age of uh, media shading and so forth. People don't want to hear <laughs> it, but the media watches more games than anybody else probably. Sure. I mean, you know, players tend to vote for who they know. They don't mm-hmm. watch everybody. But, you know, that's a thing of the past. So – it is what it is, as they say. So let's say only two of those three guys are named All-Stars. I think Kemba Walker is a lock. So really, and, and maybe yeah. you disagree, but I, I think he's a lock. So it becomes, Oh, I agree. All right, I So agree. and I think most would. So it becomes Jalen against Jason, and both absolutely yeah. have a case. They've been terrific. But which one do you think would, uh, would ultimately be the All-Star? Probably Jason. I think Jason has had some of the real high points some of the peaks i mean jalen has too but if i had you know you you're you're picking between your two children with those two but (laughs) yeah but i'd have to say probably jason um you know and some of what he's shown that 22 point fourth quarter the other night was just phenomenal while everybody was chanting that they wanted taco jason tatum is out there basically showing why he can be a great player yeah meanwhile Uh, taco gets mvp chance when he comes on the floor (laughs) but it's uh and then jason has a but then jason kind of disappears the other day because toronto starts blitzing him at every turn Mm -hmm. you know so you know jason Jason's had a little more of a tendency to also disappear in games than, I mean, yeah, than Jalen. Yeah, I would I would argue that, that Brown has has been more consistent for sure. More consistent, absolutely. I think he has been more consistent. Um, yeah, he's. It's interesting. He's. Yeah, I, I guess the thinking about him is that his ceiling's not as high as Jason's, but I'm beginning to wonder about that. Do you think it is? I th- I th- I think it might be higher. I, I mean, higher. He's, that he's well. I mean, as high. Sure. As high, but he, I think he, I see certain shots that uh, that little turnaround fifteen footer he has is almost an automatic shot now. You know, he's mm-hmm. getting to the point where, you know, he can get to the rim at will. He can. Uh, he doesn't seem to get bottled up as much as Jason does. I mean, and part of that, I think, is that Jason will go into ISO mode a little more and get into trouble. He had six turnovers the other night, you know, in the uh, third quarter when Toronto was really starting to put the screws to him. He turned it over four times in about, uh, I want to say, five minutes. Hmm. So, you know, he he, does, he gets himself bottled up a little more. J- Jalen, I don't see that as much. Jalen seems to make the right play a little more. We'll get right back to Mark. I want to tell you the football playoffs are here. You can follow all the action at betonline.ag. It's all about the playoffs in both college and the pros. Betonline.ag is there for you during the late season drama. LSU versus Clemson, Trevor Lawrence versus Joe Burrow in the college championship, and of course, NFL playoffs get going this weekend with the wild card round that unfortunately the Patriots are going to be forced to be part of this time around. But don't miss your opportunity to cash in one more time this football season at least. Up-to-date information, including odds and lines, every spread, every winner or loser, straight bet, parlay, or tease your way 
all throughout the year. So before the next kickoff, head over to betonline.ag, receive your 50% bonus, and be sure to use our promo code. That is CLNS50 to take advantage of our great offer today. Bring the game home with betonline.ag, your online sportsbook experts. Let's get back to Mark. Well, let's talk more about Tatum because, you know, like Brown, Tatum's he's really improved by the month in virtually every meaningful category. Again, that boils down to statistics. Not necessarily everything is told through stats, but a lot of things are. And, and some of it can be traced, the success that both those guys are having to the C's having to lean more on the two of them with Gordon Hayward's sideline, with Marcus Smart's sideline. Fortunately, both are back, but missed these stretches over the course of the last month. Is this a trend that you see continuing with, with both these guys, um, you know, improving month to month in, in terms of their numbers? Or is it more a matter of circumstance because, again, there were there was more opportunity to go around? Well, no, I, I, I think it's uh, – I think they'll continue to improve because the nice thing about Gordon, if he can stay on the floor, is that – he will make them better. I mean, he's he's not so much about his own shot. He's yeah, likes to facilitate. Wealth. And uh, smart is, you know, people people groan when Marcus takes uh, that ungodly three-point attempt early in the clock, uh, which he did a couple of those the other night, by the way. But, but still, Marcus is a terrific passer as well, and I think – those two guys are great supporting players for these two emerging stars. That's that's how I see this team going. And then, of course, you've got Kemba. They've got, they've got a they've got a different guy who can be on every night. It's incredible balance compared to you know. I, I think that and I, I said this a few shows ago. I don't remember who I was talking to, but the you know you look at last year and we we know everything about last year. We don't have to rehash that. But one thing about last year was. I would say that there was a lot more talent than there was balance, whereas this team has more balance than it does talent. Right, right. And what this team has, um, as long as these guys, quote-unquote, play the right way, is that you don't have one guy who just needs to suck the oxygen out of the offense this Mm -hmm. year. Yeah, and as great as he was, that guy last year really sort of hurt them down the stretch. Yeah. Especially once you get into the Milwaukee series. No, that's very you know, true. Not really. to, it, it's, you know, you remember game one against Milwaukee. They they won in Milwaukee. They played a great game. Yeah, won by uh, 20. Did, did everything the right way. Horford played a terrific game. And then all of a sudden, Kyrie decided okay, now's my turn. I get to take over. And, you know, he was, and from that point on, it was 20 shots plus every game, and they just went down the chute. It's not that kind of a team, though. Going back to Gordon, and uh, now that he is a few games back from this foot injury, which he said, and I don't know if this is alarming or not, or or maybe I'm I'm the farthest thing you'll find from a doctor, uh, maybe this is to be expected, but he said that it is linked to the original injury that, you know, he suffered, whatever, 27 months ago at this point, right. and uh, right. admitted he's going to have to care for it going forward. It'll have to be managed. I mean, nerves take a while to calm down from what I've been told, and uh, so I would just try to not irritate it and manage it and, you know, keep it moving. Is that concerning to you? Yeah, sure it is. I mean, it, 
it's has he suffered permanent nerve damage as a result of that injury? Uh, you know, the, and Gordon saying that, I mean, who knows his body better than him? He's been living with that injury ever since that night in Cleveland. It's, uh, you know, is he going to be taking cortisone shots for the rest of his career? Hmm. Uh, you know, cortisone masks things. It doesn't solve an issue. So. Right. That's, uh, yeah, I would find that a little concerning. I will say this, you know, because there was this conversation, you and I have definitely talked about this, there was a conversation earlier in the year with how well he was playing out of the gate before that first injury, of course, when he broke his hand, and, you know, averaging just about 20 points and was just so incredibly efficient, shooting well over 50%, and he's still playing well, don't get me wrong, but, you know, he was playing mm-hmm. at, at another level, as as especially compared to what people expected from him maybe coming into this year. He was terrific, and so there was that conversation of, boy, is, is this guy going to play so well that he's going to opt out and maybe even leave as opposed to opting back in for next year, maybe opt out and re-sign a, a longer-term deal with a lower AAV as most of us expected to happen with Al Horford last year and then didn't because there were the Sixers with the big deal. Unless something changes in terms of his performance and ability to stay on the floor versus what we've seen over the last month or so, I think what this whole thing is showing us is that Gordon Hayward's opting back in next year. I am, by the day, less fearful of him opting out and potentially leaving and chasing a a more lucrative deal elsewhere. I think he's, for 30-whatever-million-dollars it is next season, I think he's absolutely back. I agree, and the other thing to keep an eye on is whether he becomes tradable. True. Uh, You know, I I think that I I used to think that Jalen was the big trade chip, but, uh, you know, they've locked him in for the future. The goal, obviously, now that they have Jalen locked in, is to then you're going to have to max him, but lock in Tatum for the future. I think Gordon becomes the variable there. And, you know, the big issue with him is going to be keeping him on the floor. Right. You just can't tell. Uh, But in this current in this current makeup, I think he's he's going to be a great distributor as long as he can hit that open three. You know, he was back to tentatively shooting the other night. Mm -hmm. So he, he, he always seems to get to a point where you think, okay, the shot's falling, you know, he's there and then he's gone for a week or whatever. Um, I'm waiting to see him consistently hit that shot. Marcus Smart, we can go on forever on Hayward and and all the different facets of will he or won't he be traded, but just in the interest of time and hitting on a bunch of stuff, Marcus Smart is uh, back now, fearful at one point he was going to lose his sight with this double eye infection that he was dealing with. Doctors called it, he said, uh, one of the worst, or Brad Stevens said, one of the worst eye infections they'd ever seen, and that came on the heels of the oblique injury. So he had been out for weeks between the oblique and, of course, the eyes. Now Marcus is uh, back, fortunately. Here's what he had to say. You know, it felt really good to be out there. Um, my body felt amazing. Um, you know, the shot just didn't fall. It's like that. It's first game back, so not too worried about it. Uh, I'm sure they'll fall next time. So, How's your, your vision when it comes to the lights and things like that? Um, to start off, it was, it was really sensitive. 
um, throughout the game. It eased up a little bit, but it's still a little blurry. My eyes are still really dry. And um, so it takes a little bit longer for me to really adjust. But uh, for the most part, it was good. It didn't really affect my uh, my play on the court, which is which is good. So I could deal with it. Any need to worry, you think, Mark, about uh, just going forward with Marcus and how he's going to respond, how he's going to play, or is this totally behind him? I think he'll be the same player. I mean, the oblique is something that goes back to last year, and occasionally you see him hit the floor and he looks like somebody just stuck a knife in him. Well, that's the oblique. It's, I think that's an ongoing thing. But, the, you know, God willing, the eye – his eyes are finally recovered. His, right. uh, you know, one of his one of his people showed me a picture on their cell phone of the uh, stuff that Marcus had talked about showing to his teammates, which was the mucus they were taking out from behind his eyes. It was just these ghastly globs of Oof. stuff. I mean, he, you know, he. Doctors told him it's the worst they ever saw, but it, so you got to hope that that's okay. But it looks like it is. It was it was a it was an infection. It was viral. You know those things do pass eventually. Even a blind Marcus Smart is probably second team all defense, well, though, right? Well, well, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, and 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 of course, you know what the other joke is: uh, a blind Marcus shot. Pr- Marcus Smart probably wouldn't shoot any worse. <laughs> you know, we're going to have to eventually move on past these jokes because he wasn't 36, 37% last year, yeah. right? He's down again this he season. Was. But he was. Yeah. Now, the uh, one one area, obviously, that they did miss Marcus, and quite frankly, this was still a problem even when he was back in this first game, this last one against Toronto. Brian Robb asked about the transition defense. Here's what Brad said. We haven't been very good at it recently, Brian, uh, but we've been winning, so we're not talking about it a lot. You know, I think the bottom line is is that we have to we have to be better on on that end of the floor. Generally, we've had we've had uh, we've had some moments as we talked about, and we certainly have had some possessions tonight. But you know, we got to get back to being a better defensive team, and um, you know, we got to find. We got to find the right mix of guys that'll defend well together, and you know that complement our best players to defend well, and um, and you know just get back to that. Is that the biggest problem facing the Celtics right now, or is there something else? Uh, I think transition D is is a problem, especially a team as good defensively as Toronto. They they run and they run well. Um, you know they're. Those first five minutes were pretty indicative of how the game was going to go. You know, they had, I counted them with uh, eight points in the paint, you know, like, uh, what would that be? Four of their first seven shots are at the rim Mm -hmm. in transition. So, and that was a problem. And, you know, another issue that came up, the Celtics were a little frustrated with the officiating. And when they get into that, you're, complaining about not getting a call instead of getting back and i think they can be guilty of that sometimes a problem obviously that needs to be uh they they need to be attentive with um one defensive concern and and liability quite frankly and is Cantor. you know he's a pretty polarizing figure Mm -hmm. and i'm I'm talking Mm -hmm. purely as a basketball player never mind the political asides and his fight against the turkish government which is all admirable and and a lot of stuff that's worth talking about we just don't have the time right now but specifically hoops he's 
He's not a good defender and does provide offense. He provides rebounding. He's reliable in his limited minutes in those areas, and we knew that when he was signed. He's also really good in certain matchups, really bad, it appears, in others. Is he more a net yeah. positive or negative as you see it? And I'm talking purely on the floor, not his personality in the locker room or any of that stuff. I see him as a net positive. I think his rebounding makes a huge difference. Um, you know, he keeps other teams off the offensive glass. He, and I'm I'm surprised at how good he's been against traditional bigs. Uh, you know, he's been able. He bodies up a guy like Embiid. You know, he that's not where he gets hurt. Where he gets hurt is when he gets drawn into those pick and roll situations mm-hmm. against quicker teams. Then, you know, then they kill him. That's and that that's also when you see an awful lot of uh when they're giving up an awful lot in the paint. So, you know, you really have to work overtime to cover up for that. But I still think that you know, there's been times uh during the five-game winning streak, when things were a little slow offensively, who's coming up with your offense? It's him. You know, they're able to get it into him. He's able to score. I, I, I think, I think he's, uh, I think he's been a net positive, definitely. There's been a lot of talk about whether or not the Celtics need another big. We've been talking about it going back to the off season. It's continued all the way throughout. Even Cantor was asked about it the other day. Do you guys need another right. big? And he said he doesn't think so. But uh, Keith Smith from uh, Yahoo Sports and is on the show all the time, too. He tweeted yesterday, starting to hear a lot of teams think this could be a busy trade deadline. One executive told me, no good free agents this summer. Only a couple of teams with cap space in 2021 is overrated. A few great guys that most of us can't get. That opens up trades for now. NBA trade deadline is February 7th, so it's, what, five weeks away, something like that. Are you hearing anything as far as what the Celtics maybe are doing behind closed doors or could be seeking realistically? You know, not the uh, everyone dreams about the the Kevin Loves of the world and the Andre Drummonds of the world. You know, the guys that aren't coming here. Realistic potential acquisitions, additions for this team. Are you hearing anything out there right now? No, I'm hearing more that they're staying with what they have. Uh, you know, are you going to bring in a – if you're going to – to get a tradable big, it's probably going to be somebody that doesn't contribute a lot offensively. Mm-hmm. You know, a guy like Willie Cauley-Stein. Uh, you know, the the big prize is Carl Anthony Towns, but uh, – Minnesota, I seriously doubt it's going to be parting with him. I mean, that would be the one guy you'd probably trade Jalen for. Yeah, you're you're making a significant change, obviously, to bring in a guy like that, more than one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But uh, they, you know, and that's where their need is. It's bigs. I mean, they they don't have a problem on the wing right now. So, um, you know, maybe do you try to bring in a shooter? I mean. Uh, Jamal Crawford is a free agent. You yeah, know, he's he's going to join. Talking somebody. about him for a couple see, of years. Actually, he, he's the guy the Sixers probably go after. Shooting never hurts, so it's always good to have that. Yeah, yeah, but no, no, it's it's uh, you know they've got a pretty good unit. Uh, you know, I don't. Do they try to move Gordon? Uh, it's you know I, I'm not sure teams want to bring him in right now, especially with that money. 
I'll leave you with this. I solicited some uh, Twitter questions, and we only have time for one from our pals over at Celtics Blog, who are always a good follow. Uh, give us your best and most incriminating Steve Bullpet story. Oh, my God. He's bigger <laughs> than me, you know. Uh, yeah, I saw that. Uh, there is one going way, way back in the day that comes to mind. Okay. It's, uh, it's it's very short, but there was one night in Dallas when he uh, apparently met a certain stewardess, and somehow the two of them ended up on the grassy knoll. <laughs> oh, that's pretty good. Another conspiracy theory to think about. <laughs> yeah, there you go. And see, next time we have Steve on, that's a good one to ask him about. I'm sure. I'm sure he'd be yeah. totally open about that. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> Mark Murphy, thank you so much. As always, Happy New Year. Yeah. You too. I do think we need a, a part two of that story for sure. <laughs> At some point, that's pretty good. Uh, all right, listen, it's a. I know the, the Celtics do play New Year's Eve, so there's one more game before this decade is out, but it's going to be a very busy January as well. 16 games for the Seas. Not a ton of tough ones in there at Philly and Milwaukee hosting the Lakers. Those are really the highlights. There's a decent homestand, but uh, there's also a whole lot of travel. So there are a lot of obstacles facing the Seas coming up over the course of the next month or so, and then the trade deadline only about a week after that, as we talked about. But maybe the biggest thing that's facing them is health. How do you keep all your guys on the floor at once? It has not happened a lot over the course of this first part of the schedule, the 2019 portion of the schedule. Hopefully that is much different come the new year. Happy New Year to all of you. Stay safe. Be good. Enjoy yourselves. Always appreciate you joining this show. show is once again brought to you by BetOnline.ag. Go to BetOnline.ag. Use the promo code CLNS50 for a 50% bonus on your next deposit. I want to thank Mark and all of our guests over the course of this year, going back to last season and the summer and, and where we are these first few months of this campaign. A, a whole lot of fun stuff planned in the new year and uh, in, in the years to come, quite frankly. Thanks to producer Evan Valenti, to Nick, to Larry, John, everybody at CLNS Media, and of course, thanks mostly to you. Without you, there is no show So we appreciate you tuning in uh, every Sunday, Monday, Tuesday, whenever the heck it is that we record and having you be part of this thing. You can subscribe on iTunes. Just search Celtics Beat or even just Celtics. It'll pop up. Be right there. Subscribe. You can uh, leave ratings, reviews. We always appreciate that. And, of course, get me on Twitter at Adam M. Kaufman. And we will continue our debates and everything else that we always do. That stuff won't change coming up in 2020. And uh, maybe next time, maybe with the next show, with the new year off and running, we'll do a little bit of a decade retrospective for the Boston Celtics. It was a, a hell of a ride over the course of the last 10 years. No banner, though. Still need one of those. All right, Gino, get us out of here. <laughs>